You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we are talking about the Monkeys premiere episode, Royal Flush. This is one of the ones that um, I forgot I had seen. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to do that with, with TV shows of, I get explained the episode to me, and I'm like, I have no memory of that. But then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember all this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is one of my favorite ones with the sword fighting scene yeah. in the end, and walking across the table, and then the couple shoving food into each other's mouths and eventually eating the plate. <laughs> that, the romps in this are exceptionally hilarious. Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah, I love when you when you go watch an old episode of a TV show and you, you don't actually have any memory of it and you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, this one I did remember, though, because I, I I'd watched it not too long ago. But I, I think this episode's great. I mean, this is the, the first episode that people saw on September 12th, 1966. And I think it's it's a lot of fun. You can see the growth they've had from the pilot to this. You know, they sort oh, of yeah. refined what the monkeys is. This and this, I mean, the the plot, you know, it still revolves around Davy, still revolves mm-hmm. around, you know, a Davy love, and she's in trouble and he wants to help her. Uh, it's similar to <laughs> the pilot that we just had recently talked about. Right. Yeah. But well, it's a little more fantastic. It's a little yeah. more cartoonish. You know, it's not she did, she's not gonna fail her test. You know, she's going to become queen and the Archduke is trying to assassinate her. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit more at stake than right. high school. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And she's a little older. She's turning 18. Yes. Mm, yeah. Out of 16. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I had read somewhere the reason why they picked this episode. I think it was actually maybe the second or third one they filmed after the pilot, but yeah. they picked it to be the first one because it was very Davy centric mm. and he had already had the solo album out. And so folks were familiar with Davy. Right. And yeah. so that makes sense. Why they did that one first. Yeah. And if you're going for the teenage girl audience, I mean, yeah. putting Davy front and center makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And him and, ripping his jacket off and running into the ocean to save the princess. Then, yep. Yeah, and, and diving into the yeah. extremely shallow water that was really <laughs> dangerous to do. That was funny. She's like in knee deep water and she falls off her raft and starts to drown. Well, and, and whoever the stunt person was, they needed to put a better wig on that stunt person <laughs> because I watched it like a couple times and I was like, wait, that is the most horrendous. That's not the same girl because the wig is like two different colors and it just. See, that's that's down. where watching in HD works against you. You know, <laughs> yes, that, that's yes. where you want to watch think, it, like a fuzzy VHS I, yeah, copy. I guess I don't think I realized that, you know, when I watched it as a kid, because right. I've seen this episode numerous times. But this is the first time I was like, going, oh, that's bad. <laughs> well, that, that happens a lot in old TV shows, too. I mean, um, you go to a fight scene and it's two totally different guys. But they were. They were making the shows when people were watching it on, you know, 20 inch televisions, half True. of which weren't even in color with with sketchy antenna reception. And then well, now we, you're like, we have a our, our bedroom TV, 65 inch. We have a 120 right, inch right. screen in the living room watching it something on HD. And you're like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's two totally different dudes fighting who are just about to fight. Well, you realize the girl in the bathing suit is actually a guy in a bathing suit because right. they weren't really girl stunt performers yeah. much then. So they would have the guys dressed up as the girls. And- right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Some, sometimes those HD restorations are a little too good and don't work yeah. in the show's <laughs> favor. <laughs> uh, I love the guest cast in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Particularly Theodore Marcuse. I, I'm, I think it's Marcuse. I don't think it's Marcuse, but I'm going to say Marcuse. But yeah. Theo Marcuse was a great old TV actor. He was in two great episodes of The Twilight Zone. He was in To Serve Man, which is a classic episode of The Twilight Zone. And he was in The Trade-Ins, which is he had a very memorable part in that where he was sort of a, a card shark. And he was in my favorite Star Trek episode, Cat's yes, Paw. That's right. He was in Cat's Paw. The plan, my dear Sigmund, is to dispose of the princess as soon as the reception is over. And then he's that side. Tonight! Can't you remember anything? That time in television where... Like these character actors just appeared on like all the classic shows. Yeah. 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 And you don't see that anymore, which is really unfortunate because I, I really enjoy that of the old episodes. Like, Hey, I know that person. Hey, I know that person. There's just so many actors and so many mediums now that you don't get that quite as much. Well, and now they're, they film TV shows everywhere. Yeah. They can film in Atlanta. They're filming in Canada in various places. They're filming in Eastern Europe, you know, like, so you don't necessarily have that same stock group of, yeah. actors like in the old days in Hollywood when they're just going from show to show to show to show to show and you may see him in several different shows right yeah right. um but yeah I thought he was great and I thought that Vincent Beck was great who played his uh his manservant guy yeah I thought he was very funny and got some great scenes with the guys I love that chasing yeah yes yeah and <laughs> and like you said the romps were really good in this mm-hmm. and the songs mm-hmm. worked really well with them yeah yeah I remember thinking when uh we were watching it uh like Derek can mention the other week of okay so because we were watching we were watching it on YouTube right mm-hmm. yeah so I I was trying to see like is this the original songs on it and as I'm watching it and seeing how the song plays along with what's happening in the episode and the romp I was like yeah these are these are clearly the original songs <laughs> yeah yeah they they work they work perfectly with it mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. The, so- the songs in this one were this, this just doesn't seem to be my day and take a giant step. Right. Um, but then in the, the 1967 rerun, they swapped those out for You Told Me and The Girl I Knew Somewhere. I don't see either of those working. No. And then the Saturday morning reruns had apples, peaches, bananas, and pears, <laughs> and good, clean fun. Yes. <laughs> so, no. I don't know how they made those work at all. Those No. Especially yeah. apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. Bananas that and just, pears. no. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't work on any episode. <laughs> hilarious song and it's completely and totally ridiculous but like i said before it sounds like it should be the commercial for something yeah, like right. it's a jingle it's not a song yeah it's, it's like a, a breakfast commercial cereal. song mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and uh, apparently th- this episode debuted with like 8 million viewers but then the 1967 rerun had 10 million so they, they they gained an audience over the course of that first year, which is which is good. Yeah. I mean that's that's uh, that's yeah. what you want. So I mean, what, what do we think? Do you do you like this episode? I love yeah. this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has yeah. the them like tricking the dastardly uncle. It has the dastardly uncle plotting to kill the heir, and it has running around, and it has Davy falling in love with someone, and not literally getting starry eyed this time. True. Yeah. True. And speaking of the dastardly uncle, I mean, it's something we talked about in the in the last the last episode we talked about the pilot was how surprisingly young the old guys were. So I think that's the fun thing that we should do now. It's how young are the old guys in the monkeys episode? Well, I will t- I will tell you I will tell you that um, he was he was about forty six years old mm-hmm. because unfortunately he died in nineteen sixty seven at the age of forty seven yes. in a car wreck. Yeah. He died like the year after this. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then the one Catherine Walsh who played Bettina, she died in 1970 mm-hmm. at the age of 23. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Like it was, they ruled it as like alcohol poisoning or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt was in there and he was like, going, and I was telling him this and he goes, so who in this episode is still alive? I said, uh, Mickey. And he goes, <laughs> out of everybody else said yes. And he goes, what about the director, James Farley? I said, yeah, he died in 2019. Yeah. They're all, and he's like, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> Yeah. So and speaking of uh, Frawley, he um, actually won a Emmy for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. For directing. For directing. Yeah. Yep. And this was his first directing job. Mm-hmm. His first, because I listened to the commentary on the box set, there's a commentary yeah. with him. And this was his first directing job like ever. Yeah. And he had a blast with it. So yeah. he, he enjoyed working with the guys. And that's, that's pretty good. Your first directing gig and you won an Emmy for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's a great start to a directorial career. <laughs> yeah, I'm always shocked, you know, when the uh, when I watch something from this era and the and the old people are not very much older than I am. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm 41 and he was 46 when this episode came out. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I, I'm, you know, and I'm I'll be 48 in July, so I'm older right. than him. You know, so yeah, yeah, it is a weird. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start doing that for every episode we watch. Yeah, that's a, a fun thing to do. How how old were? <laughs> how young were the old guys? <laughs> well, and I forgot to look up the chambermaid, Seal Cabot. Oh yeah. Her. Although yeah. she was, she had to have been older because she was born in 1927, so she mm. was a little bit younger. Well, no, younger. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't do math. It, uh, well, t- this was 66 when this came out. Mm-hmm, you said yeah. she was born in 27. Yeah, so, so like, she's seven oh, years she's younger than 39. Theodore. No way. She does not. If I, you get, you have the date. I don't have the date. <laughs> no, I know. Was, her birthday was. Um, I just brought 8, the math. Yeah, no, you did math. I'll give you the date. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm well practiced i have a ninth grader in summer school for math right now so i spend all my time doing ninth grade algebra right now yeah <laughs> my, my job involves a lot of numbers but maybe that's why my brain's like no no more numbers you're not at work don't do it anymore yeah, yeah. i'm not doing it for free <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think this episode a lot of fun it has that sort of like looney tunes cartoon feel to it mm-hmm. you know I think this is a good episode to debut the series with because it's, it's fun. It's lighthearted. You get some Davy romance. You got some great songs. Uh, you have, I mean, all the guys get a little time to shine too. I mean, uh, you got Mickey doing his schmoozy throne salesman, you know. Yes. Thing, <laughs> and 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 then Mike being wool hat and him stamping everything. That's W H wool hat. The W H wool hat. Who's he? You've heard of wool hats, haven't you? That's him. <laughs> In the I love that album. Yeah. WH Wool Hat. Who's that? W-H You've heard of Wool Hats, haven't you? That's yeah. him. <laughs> it's it's clever. It's 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 well written. Yeah. And I like Mickey's little um his, his little turn as the general, like they're like they're preparing oh, for an yes. operation. We're in between the compound and the cup of daylight. And set him an observation post here. Yeah. <laughs> In the room next door, which will serve as a jumping off point to our primary objective, the Royal Suite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they made good use of Mickey. Mickey was a little underused, I thought, in the pilot. So they they yeah. gave him some moments to shine in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was Peter's turn to be underused. He was a foot goal. 
That's true. That was, that's true. <laughs> and he, and he dialed the telephone. He dialed a, a telephone and he was a footstool. That was, was a footstool <laughs> in the shape of a servile servant or a servile yeah. peasant or whatever it was. <laughs> this was apparently also Davy's favorite episode. Oh. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. fun. That is yeah. according to Mickey Dolan's in his book, I'm a Believer. Yeah. Well, he got his shirt off. He got a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. He yeah. got the sword fight. Yeah. I bet that the sword fight. He step on food. <laughs> that, well, because they had a commentary with Davy too, and that's what he said. Oh. It, it his favorite because mainly because of the duel scene. He he really, you know, got to live out his Errol Flynn fantasies doing that. <laughs> so because um, his other favorite, he also liked the Frodish caper. Okay. That was that but that's... that was because it was directed by Mickey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so oh, and I did notice one thing in re-watching it three times. During the du- during the duel, when they're right in front of the table and they're like going back, and they go and Davy goes backwards, they rewind the video. It's not yeah. him actually going back. I was like, I don't think I noticed that before either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just reusing backwards, forward, backwards, forward. There, there's the duel. You know. Yeah. <laughs> now I took a look um, in Andrew's book, "The Monkeys: The Day by Day Story," to to see what what insights he had in there for this episode. And there's a couple of, re- of, of reviews of the premiere that, that he had mentioned. So I wanted to, this one in particular from daily variety that came out on September the 14th, 1966. And it says, run your eyes over the credits. And there's not one name that strikes a note of familiarity. It's that kind of show too, newly concepted for TV, albeit trading on Beatlemania, but it's asked to rub shoulders with a juggernaut that is CBS's Monday Night Wrecker of Ambitions. To last out the season would be doubly sweet, proof that the names do not a show make. Producers Burt Schneider and Bob Ravelson deserve a footnote for trying to be different. How well they have succeeded remains for the weeks ahead to tell, but it's a frightening prospect. The third Nielsen will tell whether the home viewers like it well enough to come back to. Um, which I, you know, I always, I'm always afraid that when I look at a review of a show that I like from the time that the, mm-hmm. that the, the critics are thumbing their nose at it, like talking about how terrible it is, but, uh, it seems like it was pretty well received even by critics when it came out. Yeah. That's good. It seems like the Beatles caught it a lot too, that there was a, that the youth movement, like the older people would turn their noses up at it a lot, <laughs> but, yeah. um, that it seems like the the monkeys premiere was well received. Like it, it didn't win the ratings night. It was pretty far down there, but it, but it, it was grew. up against Gilligan's Island, wasn't it? I was gonna say, yeah, it was up against mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also, I mean, their their first album hadn't come out yet. Yeah. So I mean, the the show grew in ratings as it went along, and I mean, it was Monkey Mania by <laughs> by the you know mid season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did read that there there was an alternate scene. Because an episode that's on the Blu-ray, they're a minute short, so they mm-hmm. have to talk to the guy. Yeah. Well, James Farley had said that originally it was like six minutes too long. And so mm-hmm. he had to edit it. And they're like, but now it's a minute too short. And he's like, I interview the guys. I'm not putting, I'm not doing that again to make another minute. So that's how that started. But I wonder if what got cut out was I read that the chambermaid forced Mike and Mickey to clean up the ballroom after the sword fight. Like that was a mm-hmm. scene that was not in the show. And that would have been funny to see her fussing at them and telling them they had to clean up all the food from everywhere. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Um, the, and the, the minute short bit, I really like, I really yeah. like that. It gives the guys a, like a, what, I mean, you hardly ever see that even in modern shows that they just, everyone's out of character for a bit at mm-hmm. the end of the show and just talking. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. 
Well, and I love in this one, they still they still play the Davy Jones bit, you know, about standing up and they go, well, I am standing up. And he's not <laughs> he's sitting down, but I love yeah. that they still play that bit. Yeah. Um, but it gives you a little time to get to know the guys. And that's one of the reasons I think that they are so endearing. Mm-hmm. Not only because the, the songs are great and the episodes are great, but you, you like you feel like you get to know them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so you have an affection for them. Right. Um, so I think that's I mean, that, that's probably something they learned off the pilot because the pilot didn't test well. And then they added those screen, um, the screen tests to it to right. give the audience a little time to get to the monkeys. And so I bet that was a lot of what they're thinking was, mm-hmm. let's do that in the episodes, give people a chance to get mm-hmm. to know them and like them and know them as people um, or as personalities, not just as their characters, even though their characters are, you know, it's very similar to themselves in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. Well, and James had also said that they had um, been doing improv workshops before they were filming. And so mm-hmm. he also thought that would be another good thing for them. The minute short, they could work on their improv, be themselves or do some sort of improv, keep working on those skills, because mm-hmm. he thought that's what made the show what it was, especially during the romps. They were able to just roll with all these setups like here dig a hole why am i digging a hole doesn't matter dig a hole you know just, <laughs> i mean because you know they probably weren't sure how this was all going to fit together yeah once it was edited it was just here pete dig a hole uh, okay i'm gonna dig a hole you know uh so yeah so he 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 liked that they did all the improv and that it yeah helped them out so yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes it feel more spontaneous yeah you know and especially with the the style of the show it is you know, because like it's it's very like I said, Marx Brothers. It's very Looney Tunes. It has that that sort of feel. It's not you know you're not expected to look at this plot and think this is something that's going to literally happen. <laughs> you no, know? these guys aren't really going <laughs> to W H Woolhat walk into a hotel and get the room next to the Queen of Harmonica. <laughs> or like when Davy was on the phone with the operator and he, she's like, "Yes, it is a real country harmonica." Look, like, oh, right? <laughs> Will you please look under harmonica? H-A-R-M. Look, it's a country. There is so. (laughs) Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop, ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts, and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal and way more with two americans one brit a ton of fun and a healthy dose of cynicism yeah another little nugget from andrew's book it says korean gym's vice president and former child star jackie cooper sent a telegram on july 12th to the group that said feel confident we'll dig you guys as the monkeys like i have dug you as real troopers and that's the corniest telegram you'll ever get, but I mean it. <laughs> but at the same time, Don Kirshner was allegedly threatening to halt the debut and not deliver the master recordings made by the monkeys for use in the television series unless Raybert refrained from asking for participation in publishing royalties of music performed by the monkeys. So that that back and forth between Raybert and Kirshner's is going on at this time. Wow. And he's threatening not to deliver what they need to for the, to halt the premiere. And at the same time that um David Yarnell and David Gordon were trying to block the premiere in court because they were still saying that they had come up with the monkeys because they had worked on that, that original treatment. And that got thrown out. The, the judge decided they, they've known about this 
premiere long enough that they could have said something before now instead of waiting until the last minute when right. money had already been paid and things like that. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, still behind the scenes, it's very turbulent. You know, people are still fighting over like the show's not even a hit yet, not even on yet. Yes, and people are still fighting over the success of it. That's not even happened. And I was reading in the Andrew's book about the the during the dates of the filming of this, and there wasn't a lot about the actual filming in it, mm-hmm. but like. Even among those dates, I mean, Kirshner is trying to get another producer and bribe um, someone with a Pontiac to (laughs) come out and do this. But it was really interesting to see how much was going on behind the scenes. It was like so dramatic. (laughs) That's where I'm starting. Yeah, well, the behind the scenes stuff was pretty dramatic with the monkeys. So it's it's all fascinating to read about, about what was going on at the time and like i said they, the show hadn't hadn't even been out yet and they're fighting over you know the credit for it you know <laughs> yeah and the money which i it's a it's a big motivator i do wonder how much of that was public knowledge at the time like mm. when the show was coming out if any of that was leaked out at all because i will say in the 80s when i was watching it like i was oblivious to all of the stuff that had happened i was just watching episodes, listening to music, la la la, everything wonderful in monkey land. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, but surely you hear bits and pieces. And it's like, Oh, that there was okay. You know, yeah. like the Mike supposedly punching a hole in the wall and all, you know, all of that stuff, you know, yeah. you don't find that out until later. So I wonder how much people. I don't think they did. knew they may not. I, I, I highly doubt it. Cause mm-hmm. it's not like today where, you find out every single little thing because someone took a picture on their phone and posted it on Twitter right. or whatnot. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, even in the eighties, there was more mass communication, but still not, not like it is now. And in the sixties, yeah. there was even less. So it was yeah. literally only whatever the reporters decided to do. And they're not going to like hound this pilot of these never before heard of people and directors and songwriters. I mean, yeah, sure. Carol King is, is there working on it, but, they're they're not gonna like follow her to this TV show that she she happens to write some songs for. I mean, it, that's because that's what she does is she writes songs, and they're gonna follow her around right. for that. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, now this episode made its uh, debut in England on December thirty first, nineteen sixty six. So several months later, and it was actually the day after "I'm a Believer" was issued in Britain. So nice timing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch, you know, there, the changes that happened with the group as the show debuted and became a hit. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. an immediate success, although Clarksville was a hit and then, the, you know, their first album was a hit. But the the ep- the first episode, you know, it, it didn't debut at number one or anything like that. But it's interesting to watch the, the success grow over the course of that first year to the point that, you know, they're I mean, they stormed. The, the music charts with those first two albums, <laughs> especially. And then, you know, I mean, I, I try to imagine that first year. If you go from making this TV show, you have all this behind the scenes drama going on, and then mm-hmm. suddenly you're a hit. And, you know, you're. And there's still behind the scenes drama going on. Yeah. Gonna say, but now it's even more high stakes because you're a hit now. Yeah. Your albums yeah. are knocking one another out of the top charts, <laughs> and then you're winning <laughs> Emmys for the show. It's like you're on top of the world all of a sudden. Right. You yeah, know, and right. it's easy to see how they were able to gain enough. Um, clout to take some more command of the, of the series and of the music yeah. you know it's like because right. at first it's like no you will sing what we say Any, <laughs> you know you're lucky to be here 
Yeah. But then right. once the monkeys are a big financial hit, it's like, no, we're the monkeys. What are you going to do if we leave? Yeah. What are you going to do if we won't yep. participate? Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, uh, the whole story is, is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting back to the episode, I mean, what what else jumps out to you? What what did you like? What do you not like? I don't know that I didn't that I an awkward thing to say. I don't know that I didn't not like anything. Right? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I, I feel like when um, Uncle Otto showed up to to uh, take her to kill her and they're like, no, you can't take her. You're going to kill you. And he's like, well, I just uh, you guys come to the party and I won't kill her until after the party or something like that. And then she goes with him and I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> I mean, he yeah, not being the dastardly uncle that would just kill her beforehand anyway. But really, that was that was my only problem with this episode. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the other stuff of a princess just happening to be in in the in the ocean all by, off by herself, and there's one other person on the beach, which is Davy Jones, <laughs> and that that's that's completely plausible. But the uncle not killing her immediately after that is not right. <laughs> At all. Because that's what would happen. She would walk out and she walked in front of him. She walked out the door in front of him. He could have literally pulled out a knife and stabbed her right there. Well, he's got to make it look like an accident. True, because that's what he was he trying was to do. He was visiting these um, rowdy boys and he was coming to try and save her. But they had already stabbed her multiple times. <laughs> you think he's going to kill her and then pin it on WH Woolhat? Yeah. <laughs> That makes for a very dark episode of the monkeys, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would. yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. The standout to me, uh, the, the songs are great. Like I said, the guest cast is great. The monkeys get great material. I mean, I think it really highlight highlights them well. Uh, Peter the least, but yeah. as far as Mickey, Davy, and Mike, they they all get nice little times to shine. Now, I I, I forgot to pay attention. Do they call Mike Mike in this episode? I think mm. so. I, they, they went back to the wool hat thing for the WH wool hat, but I, I was trying but to no, they do call them. They didn't. I think they didn't call him wool hat. Right. Like, right. They didn't call him wool hat, but just, they use his actual name like at some point. I was just curious. Yeah. I don't remember. I think I thought they did like when Davy came in and was like, we have to rescue her and Mickey had the paper and. Mm. You know, and it's like, but Mike, we have to help her. And okay. he was eating his sandwich, but I could be yeah. wrong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Davey someone, did... someone message us and tell us if they use his name there. <laughs> <laughs> Davey did say in his commentary that Mike's voice was a little uh, strained a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the first few episodes that they filmed, because soon after this, he had his tonsil taken out. Okay. Mm. Wow. So I'm like, I don't hear a difference, but okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I do like the 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 big um henchman, um Sig uh Vincent Beck, Sigmund, because he mm-hmm. was in two other episodes of the monkeys. So yes. we will see him again. He was in the um son of a gypsy in the card carrying red shoes. Of, uh, yeah, card carrying red shoes. I can't read yep. my handwriting. Um, so yeah, we will see him. Again, also, he's not credited, but um, the waiter at the ball in the red jacket, that's Mr. Whipple. Really? If if y'all know who Mr. Whipple is. I know who Mr. Whipple was. I do not. Or I might, but I don't know why I know who it is. Um, Who's Mr. Whipple? Educate me. 
with the toilet paper commercials. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's why the name sounds familiar. Okay. Yes. Yes. Kind of like the the, the the donut guy who time to go make the donut, but he was squeeze the charming. He was the charming guy. <laughs> we were squeeze the charming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, so he was the Mr. Clean of toilet paper. Yes. Yes. But not, you know. Not quite to that level. Kid. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Vincent Beck, though, also was in Lost in Space, which I wanted to mention because oh, okay. uh, he was in a great episode of Lost in Space. I say great. It was it was a fun episode <laughs> of Lost in Space. It was the point in Lost in Space where they weren't great anymore. They're just really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, all around, it's a, it's a good episode, a good choice for a premiere. It was, yeah. I always tend to like the Monkeys episodes that involve the music. You know, in this one, the music is just sort of they, I think they mention that they're a band, but they're not a band. They're not doing anything bandy yeah. in the episode. No, they're not. No, they're yeah. not trying to get a gig. They're not. Um, the, yeah, they. You have the romps that are set to music, and then the guys that are, you know, technically a band. I think they mentioned that they're a band, but if you're just watching this episode, you wouldn't necessarily see them yeah. being a band. <laughs> well, you and you know they haven't had a job for a month. Well, I thought that was four weeks or whatever. I may have <laughs> right. the backward, yeah. but yeah, they they haven't worked in a month. So yeah, well. The cupboard's bare, and it's not about to get any fuller unless we play a gig. Do you know we haven't worked in a month? Gee, it seems more like four weeks. You, you, you kind of, if you didn't know they were a band, what do they do where they don't work for a whole month? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but, oh, I did want to say that Seal Cabot, the, the one who played the chambermaid, she was also in The Farmer's Daughter, which I found kind of amusing considering the screen test were done mm-hmm. on the set of The Farmer's Daughter. Yeah. And then she's in another episode of The Monkey's Success Story. Okay. She was also in that movie Freaky Friday, the 1976 version with Jodie yeah. Foster. And her husband was in an episode of The Monkees. So there's lots of connectivity there with the yeah. guest from this episode. Yeah. So, well, Princess yeah. Bettina was in The Trip, the Roger Corman movie mm-hmm. that was yeah. written by Jack, Niels, uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Another little Monkees connection. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, primarily what she was known for. Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, yeah, I think she only had like five acting credits before she unfortunately passed away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a down place to leave it. What else do you want to say about <laughs> it? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking over my notes real quickly. What else? I don't know, what should, should we rank these things as we go along? Like how many, like monkey paws, or how many? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> three out of five monkeys, or, or something. I don't know. What do you think? Um, we haven't really talked about that. No, we haven't. Um, because we didn't really do it for the pilot, but the pilot's its own sort of yeah. I, I say we do it. Okay. What do you say we do? I don't know. <laughs> Each pick a different like monkey. Make we, up your own make up your <laughs> own rating system. Ranking. Elaine, how how would you rank this episode? I would rank it four out of five maracas. All right. How about you, Chuck? I'll give it three out of four wool hats. <laughs> That's the one I was gonna go with. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> okay um i'm going to give it three out of four davies on the beach because davies on the beach a lot in his red swim trunks okay okay (laughs) and he was in that in this episode yeah he was you're right and in the pilot episode actually yeah hey anytime they can get davy with his shirt off they're going to yeah. yeah, he liked that though. He loved being outside on the beach filming. That was just that was another reason it was his favorite. He loved being out on the beach. I bet. So, yeah. yeah, and I don't blame him for liking the 
the Errol Flynn thing. That's yes. Yeah. That's, that's just fun to do. And it's, oh, and yeah. that's very memorable because it was in the, the opening yeah. of, of him mm-hmm. with the sword. So you that's can see it. every episode you see. Yeah. Back, back when they, you know, reruns were more scarce than they are today or home video wasn't, exi- didn't exist. The, 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 the scenes that are little clips are the things that you tend to remember out of, out of yeah. shows. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, Elaine, where can people find more of you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter at monkeying around and on our Facebook group, monkeying around. And how about us, Chuck? Feltnerdy.com. And? Earth Station Trek, a podcast about Star Trek. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Listen to this. When you hear the tone, the time will be 12 midnight. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.